0: Welcome in Braves Today, BravesToday.com. He's Lindsey Crosby. I'm Ben Taylor. It's all brought to you by plainscoffee.com. Go to promo code BRAVES for 10% off of your next order, whether it's coffee or it's tea. Just go to plainscoffee.com. Uh, Lindsey, you wrote an article that talked about questions that need to be answering, and we'll just run down through the list of them because I think there are quite a few as we head into the quote-unquote Grapefruit League and Pitchers and catchers reporting, players coming up next. We're looking at less than 40 on the 40-man roster already, so <laughs> <laughs> there are going to be some things. And, I, and I'll and i give my my thoughts on some of that, too, where there have been people I've seen on, like, message boards and stuff, and they're like, are they not going to fill the 40-man roster out? And I'm like, look, there are a lot of guys signed a minor league contracts yeah. that they make and grab towards the end of spring. So, again, practice patience, please.
1: Yeah, and – Really, the Braves can add six players this spring because you've got three open spots on the 40-man roster. So 38, 39, and 40. And then you have three players who can get moved to the 60-day IL mm-hmm. uh, in your Ian Anderson, your Penn Murphy, and, you know, Angel Perdomo. And the rules on that is you can't move a guy to the, to the 60-day IL just to move him. You have to have a corresponding move. Mm-hmm. So the next three players that you sign... You can, or you know, you elevate to the put in the 40 man roster, you can move one of those players. So you have room to add six guys. Mm. It's just a question of do you or not? And they will. It's just you got to wait to see who's available first. They'll right. probably sign some sort of free agent right before games start. And then they'll be like every year, they'll be watching the wire to see who gets cut, who opts out. If you sign a minor league deal and you are a major league veteran, there are dates in there. In the contract, where you either have to be put on the fo- on the active roster mm-hmm. or released, and so they're going to be watching for that. And
0: we'll start with starters. Is yeah. we've talked about having a five-man rotation at least to mm-hmm. begin the season before it gets, finally gets into postseason play, which the Braves are expected. That's not something that we're having wishful thinking. All projections point towards postseason play. I I'm sure there'll be somebody in the mentions like, well, you guys are sure confident. So is everybody else. So is Vegas. They're pretty confident too. Um, but a possible fifth starter to get things. And right now, if you had to name one, uh, who, who are some of the prospects that you'd be looking at as far as being in that fifth role?
1: So it's really interesting. This, this fifth starter conversation is really interesting, right? Because (laughs) the, the assumption for all of us has been Bryce elder is going to be your number five starter. He was an all-star in the first half last year before he struggled down the stretch. And a lot of stuff came out on Tuesday night, the night before everybody reported, that Ronaldo Lopez is in fact still an option for the rotation. And I oh. think a lot of this comes from, I mean, as you can see, those of you who are watching on, on YouTube, I'm not at spring training. We're not going to spring training until the end of next week. Okay. So I, I am not there right now. But all of the uh like th- the most prominent members of the beat, Mark Bowman. HubMob.com, David O'Brien, Justin Toscano, they're all there. And typically the, the credentialed members of the beat that travel with the team get a chance to talk off the record with some Braves, you know, with some team officials mm-hmm. around the time for everything. And the fact that all of those stories from all three guys came out the same day tells me that the team wants it to be known that Ronaldo Lopez is still in the rotation or has a has a chance, is competing for a rotation spot. I still think it's going to be Elder. I've got questions, and our Jake Mastriani wrote this up too. I've got questions about Ronaldo Lopez. Is the best use of Ronaldo Lopez putting him in the rotation, and does his stuff work as well in the rotation? So I've got Bryce Elder as the guy, but I think there's some prospects you're going to see battle for that job. AJ smith shaver Hurston Waldrop are going to be two guys you're going to see a lot of, I predict, this spring. Taking a lot of starts, getting a lot of extended run. So you can see what they have Mm. and what they can be successful at when you do need them during the 2024 season. That's kind of my prediction is they might not win the job out of spring, but you want to get them as much time as possible so we can see here's the scenarios they are good in and here's where they need to work in Gwinnett until we need them so that they can be successful down the road.
0: We didn't see him a whole lot last year, but when we did, I mean, he was kind of hit or miss. What about Winans? Does he factor into that at all?
1: So Alan Winans and Darius Vines are both in a really interesting position, kind of pulling some of my notes here, where they they both produced in limited stretches last year. But I think the issue you have is the top end stuff isn't necessarily there. Alan Winans, for instance, kind of sits around 89, 90 miles an hour mm-hmm. on his fastball. And the margin for error is just so much slimmer when you don't have that sort of premium velocity. You saw what happened to Bryce Elder last year, sitting Mm -hmm. 90, 91, 92, when the sinker wasn't quite sinking as much because he was fatigued and the slider wasn't breaking as much. And so I think Winings is going to get an opportunity. He's going to make major league starts this year, Mm -hmm. but I just don't know if he's going to be able to win the job out of spring training, but he'll be in the mix. Darius Vines is probably going to be in the mix. Uh, I just don't necessarily know if they'll get a chance to win the job in spring or if they'll get time in camp with everybody and then they'll be put in Gwinnett until you need them.
0: And something to look forward to whenever you uh, head down to spring training and start talking to him. I mean, let's get back to Lopez for a little bit. Um, you know, we've talked about how Snit's uh, it, and When it comes to the lineup, he likes to find out where guys like to be. Mm-hmm. Where does Lopez want to be? Does he want to be a starter? Does he want to be a middle to late reliever? Does
1: What does he want to do? exactly and and the fact that the team seemingly and this is speculation on my part but the fact that the team seemingly was insistent that he's still part of the mix tells mm. me that either he wants to ha- like he wants to be a starter or they told that they told him and they want to honor the commitment that they would let him compete for a rotation spot so mm. i think there's some desire there to be in the rotation and that's why you're seeing the stories come out from everybody on the beat at the exact same time that he is in the rotation. I don't ultimately know if the best role for him is to be a starter. I think he'd be amazing in a swingman role where he can come in, pitch two or three innings. If you need him to pick up for a starter who leaves the game early, he can do that. If you need him to come into the game, say, say you've used uh, Iglesias and Mentor and one of your other studs. You know Pierce Johnson on a Thursday, you can put a you know Lopez in the game on a Friday for the seventh, and theoretically he could go seven eight nine, right? Like right. I think there's utility to having him stretched out to handle three innings at once or so, and letting him do that two or three times a week, versus uh, trying to just use him in the rotation once every five or six days, where when you have so many other options in the rotation besides him, so like. I think you're on to something there with what does he want to do and there's probably some sort of bit there of he wants to do it. We haven't talked to him yet. Mm-hmm. He's not been made available to the public or the media, but he probably wants to do it some. I think they want to either have him do it or give him the opportunity to do it, and so it's kind of why these cases these stories are coming out all at the same time.
0: Last year we kept on talking about the platooning of left field. Well, now mm-hmm. there is a left fielder. So now we're basically talking about who's a backup outfielder, and what is going to solidify that. Now, there are a lot of Braves fans that immediately will jump to the name Forrest Wall. You and I have talked about it. I don't know that the bat is there. Of course, I also don't know if he got enough opportunity last year, but he did get enough opportunity in the minor leagues, and still the numbers aren't just great as far as percentages are concerned. So what are the Braves looking at doing as far as having somebody that could be that everyday backup, give Ronald a rest, give – uh, give 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 Kelnick a rest if right. he if he needs it from coming over. Um, and so Harris the second. What if I mean I know everybody says well that's the thing you stick Wall out in center. Well, what if it's not Wall? of somebody <laughs> else? So yeah. uh, what what are the Brave probably looking at doing? And, and I guess my question is, are they looking for numbers to be better for Wall in the spring, so he it's his job to lose, or is that a reason that they went out and got a couple more guys?
1: so i think that right now it's kind of a four-man battle right it's Mm. wall it's jp martinez who you traded for a few weeks ago they signed jordan luplo to a minor league deal you've got elaine white there and not having spoken to the team about this yet i would because you're planning on playing those three guys every day my assumption would be unless wall falls on his face in spring you're probably okay with him being your fourth guy on the roster Uh, You could use him late in games to pinch run for different people, uh, whether it was Ozuna, you know, somebody else. And if you need him to come in and finish up a game, you're not too necessarily worried. But like you touched on, he doesn't have a lot of... He has 13 total plate appearances in MLB. And so (laughs) if you lose somebody for a significant period of time, it feels like that's the scenario where you need to go... You have to find somebody who you think can start on a daily basis if somebody's out injured. And... Honestly, I kind of think it's going to end up being somebody that'll get claimed in the spring, right? It'll be somebody who will be waived from another team or they'll be released because they're not going to make the major league roster and Atlanta is going to go and pick that guy up. Like Atlanta had Kevin Pillar. He made the team out of spring training, but Atlanta also covered, covered, carried other outfielders early last year too. They had Eli White. They had Luplo who ended up getting waived for a contractual thing. They went through a couple different options before Forrest Wall finally came up in July. And so, I don't necessarily know if you need to stick with one specific guy. If everything's going great, it doesn't really matter who it is. They're not going to play a lot. If everything's not going okay, that's where it really matters. And I just think there's going to be so many guys come available between now and opening day. Plus, you have so much room on the 40-man roster that who really knows who it's going to end up being.
0: Well, and there's another guy on the bench too that uh, is gonna be DHing that could play outfield, but we just hate seeing theoretically. Him
1: <laughs> <laughs> theoretically he can. He actually Mark Bowman actually talked about him being kind of being the backup at first base now because yep. he did a lot of stuff, the squad games, uh, pregame practice, you know, batting practice things like that, playing first base. And so if you lose let's say you lost Matt Olsen in the sixth inning or something for you know for a cramp mm-hmm. or whatever. Marcelo Zuno might be the guy to finish the game at first base.
0: Yeah, and and it wouldn't shock me. He worked a lot last year with yeah. Wash before Wash left, and and working with him on on what to, those drills that Wash was famous for doing with the players. He had Ozuna out there doing, which mm-hmm. scared me to death that that was happening. But <laughs> <laughs> that's neither here nor there. Uh, and, and instead of outfield, let's go with uh, infield too. I'll kind of ask you the same question, and that is, I guess I just expected Fletcher to be the automatic nod to be able to back anybody up in the infield if needed but that may not be a given name that is going to actually get that job. Who knows?
1: Yeah. This is a really interesting one to me. And I think it's because you owe him $12.5 million in salary for 24 and 25 Mm -hmm. and a million and a half and a buyout of the 26 club option. And so in a perfect world, yeah, he's your backup. And you just commit to paying $14 million for the next two years. But I think given how close the Braves are to that third luxury tax limit and how the draft pick penalties that come along with that, you do have an incentive here to let him play a lot in spring. And if he doesn't make the roster, let him play in Gwinnett every single day Mm. to show that he is healthy, to show that he is effective, so that if a team needs a shortstop, you can move him and all of that money he's owed. If he was owed a million bucks, I would say, without a doubt, he's your opening, he's your backup at shortstop on opening day. But because there's $14 million involved, it feels like they would not mind dumping that money onto any other team who would take him. And so that's the reason, I, I, I kind of put it in the article without directly saying that, but saying, you know, if you could get somebody to take him, that would be great because you have guys who could play short. Andrew Mm -hmm. Velasquez can play short. Larry Garcia can play short. In worst case, you could go out and make a trade like the Dodgers did last year where they got Miguel Rojas and just Mm. stashed him on the bench all year. You could do something like that for less than the $14 million David Fletcher is owed. So he's probably the backup at short, but there's a small part of me that thinks showcase him however you can and see if you can get literally anything, cash considerations for David Fletcher just to get rid of the money.
0: Big shout out to Plains Coffee. Go to plainscoffee.com, promo code BRAVES. Get your 10% off. Get your flavored coffee straight to your doorstep. Don't roast the beans until you send the order in. Order is roasted and shipped that same day. goes straight to your doorstep. You can get flavors like pecan pie. You can get cinnamon, hazelnut, cinnamon caramel, pumpkin spice, mocha, chocolate, hazelnut, or you can just do the regular old coffee like we like, just the straight old black coffee that uh, Lindsay and I drink from time to time. So go to plainscoffee.com. If you don't like coffee, they do have tea. But just make sure in order to save, you put Braves as your promo code and get your 10% off. Lindsay, we mentioned Lopez. We mentioned Fifth Starter. We talked about Elder a little bit. However, mm-hmm. some names that really are kind of sticking out and people are talking about Hackenberg, Waldrup. People are like, uh, we could possibly see those guys this year uh before the next before next season rolls around, and we could see them in a role where
1: they could possibly be effective. Yeah. So Hurston, like Baseball America was talking about prospects to watch, and they singled out both of these guys as guys that could move rather quickly. And Waldrop, we've already talked about this a little bit, but he led all drafted pitchers last year in innings pitched and strikeouts after the draft, right? Made it all the way to AAA. His final start was at AAA, and he's a non-roster invited to spring training. There's quotes out there right now from him talking to the media this morning. And uh, it's something where he's got good velocity on his fastball, and he has... An amazing splitter it was one of the better secondary pitches in the entire draft last year Mm -hmm. and so because of those things you have the potential for him to adjust to major league baseball really early he's probably the guy i'm going to be watching the most in spring training to see how he does what his control looks like how how many guys is he walking in spring because it is entirely realistic based on the fact that that splitter is so good and he can get so many strikeouts and that he threw 130 plus innings combined between college and the pros last year, that if you had to use a prospect in the rotation for three months, Hurston Waldrop could, be, could realistically be that guy. Mm. Uh, and, and so I'm gonna be watching him closely. I wanna see, you know, cause again, the stuff is good enough, the workload lines up, it's all down to uh, can he throw enough strikes, right? Mm. He's walked about four guys per nine innings both in college and in the pros. Yeah. And so can I mean, you can be successful with a lot of walks. Blake Snell led the league in walks last year and won the Cy Young, mm-hmm. but I don't know how, how how easy it is to replicate that. So watching Hurston and Waldrop. And then uh, Drew Hackenberg is a guy that Atlanta went over slot to sign out of college in the second round. And he is he's a sinker slider guy. And there's a, a bit of what is it a bit of stigma against sinker slider guys sometimes that they're not necessarily good enough um, to, you know, to, to pitch an MLB long-term, mm-hmm. but he might be the best potential version of a sinker slider guy. Really, really unique movement on the sinker. The slider is uh, uh, again, really unique above average movement. He gets more than fifty percent ground balls, and in the games he pitched after the draft last year, uh, he gave up a, a, a batting average of one thirty, and got uh, was it thirteen strikeouts and eight ground balls in his twenty nine total plate appearances. Mm. I mean, just absolutely dominant kind of stuff. Now he had a little bit of a walk issue when he got to Mississippi to Double A because it's a, it's a different baseball there. It's his first time using it. Yep. But a guy that made it to Double A was dominating the lower minors. He could absolutely start off this year in double-A and be on the verge of debuting in MLB by the back half of the schedule if everything goes right. Not saying it's going to, but it's just the polish is there, the stuff is there, and the track record of being very good at doing what you're doing, which is getting ground balls, not giving up hard contact. I think he gave up uh, one extra base hit out of his 29 plate appearances. It was a Mm. double no home runs, and so he's potentially the best version of that sinker-slider guy, and Atlanta's going to need rotation options in 25, and so Mm -hmm. they are incentivized to get as many of these prospects an opportunity to hang at the major league level and see what they can do. You may see him do like Strider did in 21, where he debuts the very end of the season, he gets a couple innings in the bigs so that he can see that he can do it and then prepare to be a major league option in 25.
0: I do wonder if somebody like Hackenberg, if he ends up, if they would consider keeping him as a starter or being a sinker slider guy, if they used him in some sort of relief mode, Uh, just because I see what people say about if you're not a fastball guy, because what did we talk about a couple of pods ago? Strider has been told numerous times, when in doubt, send it waist up. They can't catch up to it because you throw 98 and they just can't touch it. Uh, whereas a guy like him sinker slider guy, he doesn't have that pitch. He doesn't have that, that 98 mile per hour riser that is going to, you know, get guys chasing. So, uh, however, the thing that really turns me on about it is just what you said, one extra base hit and more than likely sinker slider guy, probably a flare or something that got in the gap. And some guy was able to get a double
1: out of it. Uh, <laughs> There's a lot of rough defense in the minors sometimes. And, uh, <laughs> You know, like, it it feels like his ceiling is a better version of Bryce Elder. And the first half, Bryce Elder, Bryce Elder's probably not a two ERA pitcher over a full Mm -hmm. season. Like, we saw that last year. Right. But if you're a guy who can consistently keep the ball on the ground in this ballpark with this defense behind you, there's a possibility of you pitching at a significantly higher level than many would expect pretty soon in your career because you were if you're the best version of a sinker slider guy again that okay so an mlb sinker usually moves like 10 inches horizontally right Mm -hmm. hackenberg was like a foot and a half like 18 inches okay and so like he's yes it's a sinker but it's a really really good sinker the slider like yes it's a mid 80s slider but it's a really good slider at getting ground balls so he's just like the best possible version of that kind of guy and because of that he could move quickly
0: Exciting stuff, especially on the pitching realm. As uh, years to come, especially that. Uh, sorry, apologize, Drake Baldwin. We didn't get to you today. Sorry, buddy. We're uh, running out of time again, man. Uh, I promise it's going to happen, hopefully, around spring training time. We're, we're right there. Uh, we'll have a few more pods before Lindsay actually loads up and, and heads down to hang out with those guys for a while. So keep that in mind. It's been brought to you by planescoffee.com. Use Braves or co- promo code BRAVES for your 10% off. He's Lindsay Crosby. I'm Ben Taylor. Lindsay, as always, thank you, sir.